Greetings in the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful morning. You know, God loves us. He loves us. He loves each and every single one of us. You know, a lot of things happen. You know, man, man is so short-sighted that uh, we, we uh, fight and argue, but we don't need to because God loves us, and we should learn to love each other, and that's not always easy to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're good to us, and we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in our hearts. Lord, that you would uh, forgive us of our trespasses, and that we would forgive each other. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that our faith is in a person of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, believe it or not, uh, I'm, I'm going to be finishing Revelation this morning. So we're in Revelation chapter 22, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not sure how to say this, but uh, for me, preaching Revelation has been uh, a real blessing. You know, and in chapter 1, it says those that read these scriptures will have a blessing. And uh, it's something I personally always wanted to do was uh, spend a lot of time uh, studying the book of Revelation because I come from a church that emphasized it quite a bit, but it was all about timing. Uh, and, and I wanted to look at Revelation uh, not in that way. I, I wanted to get away from that. And so in, a, uh, in a, a little review, chapter one is the introduction of Jesus Christ and the church, and that chapter two and three, uh, Jesus talks about the churches, and he talks about overcoming. And chapter 4 is the worship of the Father, and chapter 5 is the worship of the Son. But then 6 through uh, about 20, maybe 19, there's all these bad things that happen. All these plagues, uh, all these, uh, what the, the, uh, well, the trumpets, and then the vials. And uh, there's just a lot of negative stuff there that that happens, and I think it's, it's a warning of what hell is. Uh, and I think it's, it's a strong warning. He spends a lot of time, you know, this is hell. If you want to walk in the ways of the world, <laughs> here's a description of what hell's going to be like. You know, uh, people that aren't Christians are already in hell in this world. And uh, people that are Christians, uh, this is the most that we're going to see of hell. Uh, and uh, so and then chapter 21, he talks about the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. And uh, here, let me get my notes out here. He, uh, 
and, and chapter 22 is a, a continue, continuation of that. And, and so uh, the revelation to the Apostle John, uh, it says, He that overcomes. And we need to overcome. And uh, overcoming can be a messy business sometimes because uh, the truth is, is we're messy people whether we think so or not because there's just a, a lot of stuff out there that is not good that we have to contend with. And, uh, but we can overcome. And chapters 2 and 3 teach us how to overcome and what we should be watching for. And so I encourage you all to go back and, and study Revelation because it is real, a real blessing. And uh, so let's, uh, let's finish off uh, with chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeded out of the throne of God and the Lamb. So here's this uh, pure river of water of life. Where does this come from? This comes from Jesus. Pure river of water. And uh, I'd like to look at a, a few verses in uh, uh, just back a little bit. First John uh, chapter 5, verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because of the Spirit is truth. Now, where else does he talk about water and blood? This is, this is really interesting. You know, I, I'm not a scientist or a medical doctor or anything, but it's my understanding that if you thrust the sword into the side of a person, you're only going to get blood. As far as I know, does anybody correct me? I mean, when you stab someone, blood comes out, right? But when they put the sword to Jesus, it says blood and water came out. And I think that was the living water that Jesus talks about. Now, you don't have to... <laughs> if you disagree, that's fine. I was just... It was just a thought I had when I was studying this and that I've never heard of anybody being stabbed where water and blood come out. But in Jesus, it did on the cross. Let's go to John uh, 19.34. I'll get there. says, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came throughout blood and water. That's what I wonder if that's the living water he's talking about. In, in uh, John uh, chapter 7, verse uh, 38, he says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I think Jesus had living water with inside him. 
I mean, it's, it's spiritually, it's speaking spiritually, obviously, but it's just interesting that, that it said that when he was on the cross that it wasn't just blood, it was water and blood. So uh, let's uh, go on. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So if you look back in uh, Genesis, I think, I believe it's chapter 3, maybe it's chapter 2, but uh, when uh, Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, uh, it says that uh, he, he put up a seraphim, I'm not quite sure. Is this some type of uh, angel, I think, or spiritual being? And then a cross, a flaming, uh, two swords, I think, as a cross. And they were banned from the tree of life because uh, God said that if they had access to the tree of life at the same time they had access to knowledge of good and evil, that they'd live forever. And I think what he was saying was he would live forever in hell. Because we as people aren't supposed to have the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, before uh, we were banished from the garden, I believe we only had the knowledge of good. But then he, and the, the Lord says, look, they have the knowledge of good and evil. And so this is what we've been contending with the whole time is this problem with evil. Evil is well, as far as I know, it gets in the way of a lot of things. At least in my life, evil that I do and evil that people do to me is, never seems to be real nice. Uh, it's when, when I do good, I, I feel better than when I do evil. And when, I, when people do good to me, I feel better than, than evil. You know, and... and, and uh, but when... When the Lord returns with the new heavens and the new earth, we're going to have access to the tree of life. And there won't be any more evil. And so, if you like evil, you better renounce your faith. Because there isn't going to be any evil in heaven. You know, there's three things uh, that you need to, to uh, understand when you become a Christian. And these are all biblical. One is, you need to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. There's no way around that. How you confess it, it can probably vary. And Acts uh, varies a little bit. And, and what is important as far as becoming a Christian, but you need to say this out loud. You need to confess Jesus. And you know why? It'll bring faith you. You know, words are cheap. I understand that. But words are not always cheap. Words with meaning are not cheap. You know, uh, works. Works can be cheap. But works in the name of Jesus are not cheap. He says, whoever gives a little child a cup of cold water in my name and so, words can be cheap, 
And works can be cheap. But words can have meaning, and works can have meaning. But it's whatever is in your heart. And repentance is the second thing you need to have. You know, repentance is not being sorry for your sins. We should always be sorry for our sins. Repentance is a complete reorientation of who you are. You're not the same anymore. When you repent, you're a completely different person. And if you don't understand that, you haven't repented. And repentance is required to enter into heaven. Without repentance, you'll go to hell. And the last one is to follow Jesus. We need to follow him. It's not enough just to confess and repent. That's just the beginning. But after that, we need to follow. We need to follow who he is. We need to know who he is. This is how we know who he is. It's in the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, you're not going to know Jesus and you won't follow him. You'll, just like in, uh, in Second Peter, there's plenty of people out there that can come in and they're following the devil and they want you to follow the devil. There's a lot of deception out there. I've, I've contended with deception my whole life in, in, in my walk. Uh, even from the, the very beginning, people will want to pull you away. My friends that I had when I became a Christian didn't want me to become a Christian. And they were more than happy to pull me away and encourage me to leave my, my new beliefs. Let's go on to uh, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. So no more curse. Everything is set right. And we'll serve God. So if you don't like to serve God, then you need to walk away from your faith. Because we're going to be serving God. It says, But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Now that's interesting. He talks, he talks a lot about foreheads in the, in the preceding chapter, I think chapter 6 and maybe 7. But the <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, we watched a video on the Seventh-day Adventists, and, and they talked about the, uh, I think it's the thoughts and feelings. You know, if you look up heart uh, in, in, in the Greek, it's thoughts and feelings. And so how we feel about things and how we think about things, it's in our forehead. And... That's where the mark needs to be. When, when you confess Jesus Christ, you're identifying with him. Now, there's a lot of identification these days. The world wants you to identify with them in many different ways. But we as Christians need to identify with Jesus Christ. He is our God. 
And that should be our identity. So verse uh, uh, 5, And there shall be no night there, and they, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So ever and ever, ever and ever. That's eternity. Right. You know, it's a blessing to go to heaven and live forever. It's an attribute of God. God exists forever, and we're going to be able to exist forever. And we'll exist with him. In verse 6, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Uh, over in chapter 19, see if I, in verse 10 it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what God, through the Apostle John, is telling us is, the spirit of prophecy is salvation. This is what John the Baptist preached. He said, repent. Repent of your sins, for the anointed one is coming. And what did the anointed one come to do? He came to save our souls. And this is the prophecy that he's talking about. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard... And seeing, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, uh, which showed me these things, and saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of the book. Worship God. So John was so overtaken by the vision that he was given that he wanted to worship the messenger. And the messenger said, No. So you know it's a true messenger. You know, people want you to worship them. But we should only worship God. Only worship God and worship nothing else. There's idols. There's idols all over the place in our lives. But we need to worship God. We need to turn from our idols and then it says, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So the prophecies are being uh, opened up. And that is, He that is unjust, let him unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So in, uh, in chapter 20, uh, the Lord came to judge. There's a judgment. And when the Lord comes and there's a judgment, it's over. And so here, uh, John is saying that uh, if you're filthy and you're unjust, you're going to remain filthy and unjust. And if you're righteous and uh, holy, 
you'll remain holy. Because when the judgment comes, that's it. It's all done. It's all done with. And it says, And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates in the city. And without are dogs and sorcerers and warmongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So these, these are the words of Jesus. And uh, uh, chapter, uh, verse 15 is talking about hell, or the people that go to hell. And verse 14 is, uh, Blessed are they that do his commandments and have a right to the tree of life. Those are the Christians. Now, he talks about, uh, let's go to... Uh, uh, John chapter 10. Now it says in the last days there's going to be all kinds of deceivers. We just saw that in Second uh, Peter. So as Christians, there's, there's a, how do I want to say, I, I guess a responsibility to us to get it right. Because there's deceivers out there. And I've seen people be deceived and go off with deceivers, and uh, they're no longer with Jesus. And so let's, uh, let's read here in uh, John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And that shepherd is Jesus. And to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. I just want to stop there a sec. The sheep hear his voice. So let me ask you a question. Are you going to hear his voice by uh, confessing Jesus Christ? And that's all you do? Are you going to hear his voice uh, by repenting? And that's all you ever do? You see, Christianity is a lifelong pursuit. And if you don't see it that way, you're going to be in trouble. There's a lot of Christians that just say, hey, I've said the right words, and I've repented, and I'm in. But if you have no interest in following Jesus, if you have no interest of identifying with Jesus, if you have no interest in praying, if you have no interest in reading God's Word and studying God's Word and knowing who God is and allowing the Holy Spirit to work within your heart, I can't say what will happen. But you're not going to know. You're not going to know Jesus. It should be a, an obsession with you to know who Jesus is. 
And all the works that you do, if you don't do it in the name of Jesus, they're worthless. And if you confess with your mouth and you don't mean it and you don't have faith, it's worthless. We need to pursue God because you know why? He pursues us. He first loved us, Apostle John says. He pursues us, and most people reject him. And a lot of Christians try to push him away. But he will pursue us because he loves us, and he desires for us to know him. In verse uh, 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And the stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. See, if you know who Jesus is, you'll know a stranger right away. You'll know a counterfeit. It, it won't take long at all. So let's go back to uh, Revelation. Okay, in verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that hears say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Freely. God is not going to force it on us. God doesn't force anything on anybody. He wants us to come to him freely. He wants us to come to him because we want to come to him. He wants us to come to him because we desire to walk with him. Freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So, a lot of times people come and they throw something in. You, you need this, Jesus plus. Well, there's no such thing as Jesus plus. And uh, there's, there's all kinds of different groups out there that will add to what you need to do to be saved. It's not Jesus plus. And, you know, adding is not as bad as subtracting, which we're going to find out in a minute. But it says if you add, you're going to receive plagues. I don't know if you're going to lose your salvation or what's going to happen there. But uh, you want to be careful about adding to what God requires of his children. And then it says, If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. 
So I don't know. Seems like you can lose your salvation if you try to make the prophecy of Jesus Christ less than what it should be. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Be careful of watered-down gospel. Be careful of people saying, hey, that's okay to do. You don't have to do that. It's okay to sin a little bit here and sin a little bit there. It's okay that, you know, divorce and remarriage, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay to have an abortion. It's okay to uh, be a homosexual. Be careful of those people because they're, they're subtracting. Taking away is much more dangerous than adding. I mean, according to verse uh, 18 and 19, because uh, you're, you're part of the book of, book of life will be taken away. You'll be banned from the holy, holy city. And then it says, well, I wanted to look at uh, Romans. No, I don't want to do that. Anyway, we'll, I'll just finish up here. And he which testifies that these things say, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You see, God has grace for us. Because he knows our condition. He understands what we go through. Because he came in the flesh. He understands how things can get all kind of messed up in your head. And he understands how things can get messed up in in relationships and in business. And he understands that things go wrong. And but he has given a a, uh, solution for that. And it's his grace. His grace is sufficient. And his grace will give us the power to forgive. Let people off the hook. You know, if, if if you hook someone and keep them on the hook, it's not very comfortable and it's not very nice but we need to let each other off the hook and give them grace and be restored through forgiveness to the Lord Jesus and this is the grace of God the grace of God is is it's most powerful most powerful what I want to say uh I don't want to say thing, but maybe energy. I don't know what you'd call it. But when the woman touched the hem of his garment, uh, she was healed. It said virtue came out of, you know, grace is this God's virtue, is God's power uh, indwelling within us. And if you have God's grace, you're, you're, you're going to be able to walk with him in victory. And... Uh, 
you won't have to stumble and get in the dirt. But if you fall over and, and you get all muddy, he allows us to get back up. The devil don't. The devil wants to push us down in the mud and keep us there. But God allows us to get back up. And that's grace. And that's what we need to give each other. We need to let we need to let people off the hook and say it's okay. Thank you for your time. Josh, did you want to close? I forgot yeah. to